Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance, welcome back. You were in Vegas. It had nothing to do with work. I haven't seen you since last decade, man. That's true. Here you are, new you decade. You haven't heard from us since last decade. <laughs> That's so we'll, true. Hello to everyone. It's 2020. Um, speaking of last decade and going into 2020... The Roaring Twenties, which is great. Uh, technology, technology is, is is advancing so much that I feel like this decade is going to be absolutely awesome. And one thing that's cool is like all the power that's now coming down to the consumers and what you can do, and where you can get some of that power is through Dell, right? Yep. Inside the firm listeners and their firms. So your whole firm is eligible for valuable discounts on Dell Technologies products and services. If you visit dell.com forward slash inside the firm, you can get those rewards. So um, go to our website if you need the link, which is inside the firm podcast.com or else dell.com forward slash inside the firm. Also, if you are the BIM jockey for your firm, are you used to the grind of using broad, broad search engines or searching manufacturer sites only to find that they don't have the BIM that you want, right? Maybe you had to go to ARCS or what is it? What is the other? Revit City? Sure. Down, download some crazy stuff that's not manufacturer-approved. It's going to corrupt your system. Sounds terrible, right? It is. Even though I like Revit City, it, it, they, don't, they don't vet their models, so you can get... It's not good. Yeah. yeah. Go to Arcat. So what you need to do is you need to go to Arcat.com. It's time to use Arcat.com. Arcat is the number one most used website for finding building product information and has a free library of over 7,500 BIM objects and systems, all available in multiple formats. Even better, each object is high-quality BIM based on actual manufactured products or handy generic items. You don't even have to register to use our access ArcCat's BIM library. Just head over to ArcCat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com and start building better content today. That's very useful that you don't have to log in. You can just start using it. Yeah, I love ba- it. Back to the 20s. Back to the 20s, though. Yep. Do you know what we have in common now that it's 2020? Uh, we have in common with 1720, 1820, and 1920? Wow. That's a lot of 20s besides the last two digits of those numbers. Yeah. Or was that it? Massive plague outbreaks. Really? <laughs> 1720? Yep. 1820 and yep. 1920? Yep. We had massive <coughs> plague outbreaks. You can look that up. It's for real. But anyway, I am excited about this decade. I think it's going to be good. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So... Uh, speaking of fads, plagues being a fad, mm-hmm. there's Lance sent me an article, and I don't know if you did you bring up this article. So I brought up this article, and here's here's I'm just gonna give you the title of what it's called, okay? And what it's called is uh, it's official colon open plan offices are now the dumbest management fad of all time. And then here's what Alex had to say. <laughs> That's a crap article. Yeah. They are trying to replace one fad with another. The work from home decreases productivity more than other systems. Um, so you should you should go you should maybe Al, Al will put this in the in the um, I will in the show notes show show notes. It's from Inc. Uh, Inc. dot com. So if you were just googling it, it's official. Open plan offices are now the dumbest management fad 
of all time. And they're, they're citing a new study from Harvard that reveals blah, blah, blah. Open, open plan offices decrease rather than increase face-to-face collaboration. See, that's like the subtitle of the whole thing that... Well, I mean, can, can I, what a misleading headline. Can, can I say why I don't like this article on, on like three levels? Yeah. So I, I've noticed it. So I told you last birthday, I got myself uh, master classes, right? So it's just like Gary and um, Malcolm Gladwell and, you know, those people like going into their process. And one was Malcolm Gladwell going to, into his process and how like he literally wants to say something provocative at the beginning and like he will he doesn't say it like this but in my mind he was twisting information to make a unique story right so i feel like maybe five years ago the unique story was these open offices so all these people had to write on it now you have to be counterproductive you know you have to like show someone new so you write an article this other way so the two examples i have to counter that is yes sometimes you are less productive when there's people talking, right? But I believe that you're also more creative when people are sharing ideas also. So, and I feel like there's a lot of times in this office in particular, like we can dive down to the root of the problem rather than doing like extracurricular stuff that that doesn't matter. But my examples are working at Leapskin. So we worked at Leapskin, we had an open office. It was great culture, we got you know, how many people? 60. Okay. That's a lot. Yep. And then we went, um, over, I won't name this other, nobody had a nobody had a cubicle. Honestly, Daniel had an office. That was it. And his wife. Yeah. That was it. You got to talk about money. I mean, honestly, like then you're going to, you know, it'd have like a little privacy and they have like four principals, four bosses there. They did not have their own offices at all. So we went to another firm and they had cubicles and I'm telling you, it was dead. People were like not happy. Um, it wasn't good. That's just one example. So that example doesn't lead to, to everything. But the other one was, um, I'll, I'll probably have to find the article, but basically it stated, and then Yahoo changed their policy. So when, when Yahoo was trying to transition a couple of years ago, they said, oh, we're, we're going to do the fad of people can work from home. Guess what they found? When what? people work from home, they don't work. They literally don't work. Like their kid is calling, their friend calls, they can take a break. They say, oh, I'll, I'll do this later, right? Because I'm working at home, I'll do this at seven, eight at night, something like that. But then what happens? Your friends call or your baby's crying again. Like to, to, to say that this fad doesn't work, I almost would have bought it when he immediately replaced it with work from home. I'm like, I don't think you're doing your research, guy. I think you're just trying to say the next cool thing. Like, that's all I think you're trying to do is dismiss the cool thing to say that you're breaking the news on the next cool thing. So I, I don't buy it. I, I think you have to see how your firm works. Thank you. That's exactly where you should have segued into perfectly. That was perfect because, so I posted this in the Entree Architect community right after you, right after you gave me your quick feedback about it. This is on Facebook. So people join it if you haven't. If you haven't joined the Entree Architect community, I don't know who you are. Yep. as an architect literally he doesn't know who you are yeah so i <laughs> what's yeah because it, it actually makes the whole community smaller in the sense that you get to know all these people online and then eventually meet them like we met nick and a bunch of other people um so i i posted this and then tagged you know who josh kunkel is yeah yeah so he's a he's a young he's a younger guy and he's the founder and director of architecture at method architecture so he and he's in i think they're in oklahoma yeah 
So I would, he, he's a listener. So I would love it, Josh, if you gave us some feedback about, because my, my question to you is, and people like you who, who start this, who don't do the op, don't open office floor plan and actually do remote, remote style architecture firms. So he's completely, everybody's remote. Wow. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And like, I, I agree with you, Al. You think you have to. I immediately th- said to my wife when we were walking around, when after I read this article, I was like, I mean, I, I, first of all, I thought like, oh, I got to defend myself here because we literally just bought, built, an, built an office open with an up. open open space floor plan. And I go, but I distinctly remember asking the guys, getting their input in the, during the design process. And everybody was really excited about this kind of style. So I do think it comes down to like, you better know your staff first. Not only just know your particular staff, but also know their experience. Like if you have, maybe, maybe he has a firm where everyone has three to five to seven to 10 years worth of experience. So meaning like they can be really productive at home. What if you have a new person? Like how you train a new person when people are working at home? I, I have no idea. I have no idea how, how that's done because it's not just a two week training period. And then you're an architect. Like it's, Constant, like constant. What's, what's going on? Constant. What's happening? You wouldn't believe the amount. Like these guys are experienced here, but they walk to someone else's desk and just ask them something all the time. And I think it's important for us. Like we always have these very this the uh, the industry we operate in is so unique, where I think you have to have the opportunity to be able to turn around and ask people questions. Yep. As a, as a whole, as a team, as a whole, though. You know what I mean? And like we like we say, well, here's what our here's what we've been doing for our projects. Here's what you you guys have been doing for your project. What is the best way to do it? Yep. Is it you know, I don't know. And then the, there is there are we have staff members, and I'm one of them included. That like, yeah, some days I need to concentrate. Okay, put in some head. I put in some headphones, or I just say, you know, where I at where I go turn the music down or something yep. like that. But like it doesn't seem to slow down our productivity. So I just think it comes down to like your staff and how they work. And also. Out of sight, out of mind, especially for bigger corporations. So not talking about any one of us. So I, I like to listen to uh, business books on Audible. And Home Depot bought some other branches way back in the 80s. They never did it again because it was a mess. And they literally fired everyone. <laughs> Besides, there was a guy in the corner office that snuck by for three months. Because every morning he'd come in, he'd just go to his office, shut the door, and like shuffle papers from around oh my God. and not do nothing. Think about losing track of what's going on or what people are doing just i mean sometimes i just look at a guy and i'm like oh crap uh this <laughs> yeah <laughs> this project this yep. is going on yep you know like the um we do we do allow i think two staff members to work from home every once in a while though because they live further south like a day a week which but. really helps them and they appreciate that actually actually from a management standpoint because we we do operate all the way up and down the front range in colorado it helps us like, okay, he's either picking up checks or he's dropping off drawings, but like from, like sort of having a point man down there until we get another office yep. is ideal. So the back and forth in, in on that thread was fantastic. Um, everybody said, one of the, there was a couple of things where like, I think this guy had a really good point. His name is Patrick Manley. And he made the point about, um, as to working to home, the author ignores the reality that some people are less productive at home. For years, I had one member of a staff who lived and worked two hours away. He was a machine, 
and one of the most disciplined architects I know. Then I had another employee of similar age and experience who worked in the office. He was constantly distracted, did almost nothing when I was out of the building. Ugh. Bothered others when they were trying to get work done. You get the point. I eventually had to let him go, but maybe the real answer does not lie in the physical office, but how we manage and how we hire. Yeah. That's it. I'm telling you, that's it. Like, if you want to do the remote thing, great. And then you got to hire the person for and, that. Yeah. And then, and then I try to play devil's advocate with, with you just when I was talking to my wife about this is I was like, well. Did like, you tell her that I said it was junk? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I was like, I think he's saying that as a knee-jerk reaction because Alex literally has to get out of his house to get things done anymore right now in his life because he's got these small kids. And that's just the way it is. I remember, like, they're... They'll tackle me. They will tackle you. Exactly. And so, it, like, even though I could have been a stay-at-home dad, remember when we first started the firm, I could have I could have kept the kids home all day. Right. I could have because I was at stay-at-home. I could have brought them to meetings. I could, have, I, could have, I could have made it work and saved all this kind of money. Yeah. But what a pain in the... Like, I can't imagine there was any productivity. You know what I mean? Like, I, we, I, so then I sent him to a daycare, and that, that is what it is. Yep. Um... So I get if, if if that's where you're coming from at it at all, I don't know. It makes sense to me because when I stay home in the mornings, if I, like if I can if I can do most of my work in the mornings, if I get up at four thirty, and I'm just cranking through stuff, and then I don't have to get ready to come into the office until after I drop off the littlest one at school. Yeah. That actually is me being as productive as possible. Um, but not all. But maybe not all day. I mean, I'm equally productive in either place well, well you couldn't how are you how are people supposed to just think about that like um sometimes you stop doing email trains chains because it might as well be on uh you might as well just have a phone call and solve it right there everyone knows how much more productive that phone call might be there's been many times where i wanted the engineer like why can't the engineer just be in here like we could solve this in two seconds so like you have to solve that for people that you're, you know, your team that you're, you're managing. So like it would just, even though maybe you might say it's efficient, like it would be, it would be very inefficient on that. And then the other thing too is Yahoo didn't change, didn't change just because of, they thought it was a fad or not. They did it because they saw the productivity going down. And I just can feel even maybe this same offer in, in two years, like fad of working from home is disastrous. You know, I just, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. It's kind of any kind of alarmism. Like I'm just such a big, I'm such a big skeptic of everything where I'm like, you know, I remember, I was old enough to remember like the, oh, don't eat eggs. You'll die. You know? Exactly. And uh, don't, don't drink wine. And now all of a sudden you can have like two glasses a day. I'm like, just moderation. Don't, just don't fundamentals. Yeah. Don't have bacon and, and egg and orange juice. Well, not orange juice. Yeah. They say that because it's too much sugar. Like that's probably actually a great bre- breakfast. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yeah. So there you go. Yep. Know your staff. That's I think the lesson here. You got to know your staff, especially when you make a giant leap like we did. Obviously. Yeah. You have their input. Talk about it. I think you just all these drastic changes. Um, I. I they're, they're it's pretty, like people try to reinvent the wheel. So because it, exactly. it goes down to this, like so, like the, then the author goes on. Over the decades, a lot of really stupid management fads have come and gone, and this kind of blew my mind. Number one, Six Sigma. You heard of this? Yep, I have. We're, we're, of course, you. We're have. gonna implement it for Where sure. Where employees wear different color belts, like in karate, to show they've been trained them in this. this is so dumb. Stack racking, where employees are encouraged to rat each other out in order to secure their own advancement and budget. Then the third one, I've never heard of this. This is dumb. 
Consensus management. Have you heard of this? Where all decisions must pass through multiple committees before being implemented, which is hilarious because this our last episode was how to cut out bureaucracy, even right. in your own. That seems like adding bureaucracy right. and like doing opposite of the fundamental being lean. Yep. So I, I think you need an oxum, oxum, the razor. What's that? The razor. It, it, everyone knows what I'm talking about. The oxum? Oxum's razor. It's a razor. I'm saying it wrong. Um, Occam's. Occam's razor. Oh, okay. Where basically the the simplest uh, solution is probably the solution, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you have, maybe you do have individual projects that just take one person's time and they know how to complete all that task. Then maybe at home is it. And maybe their kids are in high school, so it doesn't, you know, like, they don't need to be bothered by a two-year-old and a three-year-old, right? Um, but let's say you have a very dynamic uh, office that has a lot of questions and does, uh, you know, projects get passed around. Maybe it doesn't work for your firm there. So yep. just start off with the basics. Basics every time. Basics. With everything. And then God. go from there. Yeah, test it out. You got it. So I will contend it can work if you're structured differently. Correct. All right, New Year's goals. So <laughs> normally I actually do like a more formal thing, but you were texting me before and you're like, what are your New Year's goals? And I'm like, oh, I don't even, I kind of know, but not really. Um, so I think some, I, I do have a couple and, and we agreed like, oh, we want to make about this amount of money and bonus money. You know, that's kind of a goal. The other thing is that we want four builds this year. Um, for probably house builds. And I, I think there's two that I want to building get. each. Yep. Not two. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Those are our F9 goals. I think increase the staff by one to two. I don't know if we've ever had that as a goal. It's just always kind of happening. I think it's a great goal. Let's just say it. Yes. We want to, I want I would like to multiply at least, at least one more, ideally two more. Yep. So by yep. the end of, by the end of 2020, we're at, we would be at nine total. Yep. That's full-time. We always have part-time people and our accountants and stuff like that. So it's weird how you count those half-time people. But that's what I have. What do you have, Lance? The four builds is really good. I would like to... No, the four builds is really good. I think for me, it's just getting back to a... I, I want there to be a routine that is executed almost every single day. And there's no giant disruptions. You know, And this, so then if there are some giant disruptions just by market forces or, you know... Um, weather or a disaster somehow being able to now rely on our decade our over over a decade because we are over a decade now you're uh, old as F9 we're a couple years old as builders um, and, and two, a couple years old as developers to, to have that collective knowledge now like start paying off to where like oh nothing really phases us there's no big stressful thing Man, time time is managed time is managed much better you know yep. for building projects we have a we have, we were more routine with things. That's what I would like to get into. Just a really good, just system. a well-oiled machine and system. Yeah, for, for when we do design build projects. Yeah, I like that. I I think that's a great. You goal. skipped over a bullet point. No, I didn't. What engineer feedback for architects, didn't you? Oh, well, or, let's go back to that. Yeah. Um. So there's our goals. Uh, Lance and I uh, talked to another engineering firm. Uh, this is a structural engineering firm. And they gave some feedback on architects. So we know a lot of architects listen. I thought it was interesting what they said. They said uh, that um, nobody likes to... Be, well, first of all, 
<laughs> they were brutal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were just like architects don't pay on time. Because I mean, we asked, how did you, how do you want it structured when we go after clients? Do you want to be under our umbrella or separate and you know go with the developer? And they said we don't like being under the architects. They don't. They'll pay like three, four, or five months late. Like that is brutal. I mean, they so gave like, us. Is that you? Like, think about that. Architect. Think about that architect. Yeah, is that everybody's you? listening. And the the specific example is they go like, we have examples. There was multiple ones of this of of this that they that they pointed out is that they would go to bill the architect and then maybe remind them, and then the architect's like, oh yeah, I still need to bill. I still need to bill that out. And I've said this all day long. I've said this in many different podcasts previous to this one, many different episodes. Like, what are you doing? As an, you, you got to be just as much of a capitalist as an architect. Like, it's just stop lying about the whole thing. Like, you can still be an artist. Mm-hmm. We're artists. We made real. <laughs> Trust me, we spend too much money on, especially the buildings that we build. Yeah. It, like, we do. I even told my wife that over the weekend. I'm like, we just spent too much. We just spent too much. Like, we got what we wanted. Same thing with my house. Like, I got what I wanted, spent too much. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, so <laughs> know that. And then no one likes to be under the thumb, right? So the other thing they didn't like is that the other architects, because they were holding the bag on the money, is that they ended up kind of sounded like forcing, in a way, the coercing them, the structural engineers to kind of do stuff that, eh, a little sketchy. Well, well, also like on a timeline, like, hey, get this project done. Remember, I bring you a lot of projects, yeah. right? So having that, that, that untacked, not having tacked, and then also paying late, like why would they, how is that a healthy relationship? And it wasn't a healthy relationship. So um, I don't think we do that. So, and I don't think you should do that, but it, it's, it's good to peer in and see if you might have some of those faults. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to check in with the guy we haven't heard from from the last decade. He's one of my favorite. Here we go with Nick Reed's. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. A reading. No more. No more. No more. No more excuses. No more, I'll start tomorrow. No more, just this once. No more accepting the shortfalls of my own will. No more taking the easy road. No more bowing down to whatever unhealthy or unproductive thoughts float through my mind. No. No more. No more waiting for the perfect moment. No more indecision and no more lies. No more weakness. No. No more. Now is the time for strength. And through strength and through will and through unwavering discipline... I will become what I want to be. I will become who I want to be. And then, and only then, will I rest and say, no more. Jocko. Well, you guessed correctly. Yeah, I did. I wonder, Nick, is this from his book, Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual, or are you just finding these... Um, because I'm sure they're posted all over the place, his, his sayings, but I'm just wondering if it's from the book, because if it is, then you can buy that book as long as we're <laughs> telling you. And he has a whole bunch of these. Um, it's called discipline equals freedom field manual. So basically it, it, no more excuses, you know, just know that it comes down to you and that you are the ones making the decisions. Um, and you're the one that generally like 
hurts yourself the most. You're the one that puts yourself in b- bad places and decisions. Let's say you wake up at 4.30 a.m. Let's say. Let's say your eyes are open and you're like, oh, man, I just kind of want to keep laying here. Don't. Don't. Just get up. Get after it. Yeah. Get on with your life. You know what I'm going to do? I, I didn't today, though. Me either. Sleep, you can sleep when you're dead. But Monday is not. So back to 4.30 again. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I need to rest my body. I, I have bruises from I've been doing a little uh, jujitsu. And my elbow has been killing me because we were doing throws, I think I told you, Lance. Yeah. And then all of a sudden my son goes, what's that? Go, what are you talking about? And I finally look. Do you see that right there? Yeah, he's got some, uh, I don't know. I thought he maybe had leprosy a, a couple big, days ago. A big circle bruise that I didn't even know about. I was yeah. like, that is probably why that still hurts. What is that? Right there. You got it. Time for, time for ARE Jeopardy. Let's bring in the boys. A BTU, one BTU, which is British Thermal Unit, is the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of A, one kilogram of water, one degree Celsius. B, one pound of water by one degree Fahrenheit. C, one liter of water by one degree Celsius. Or D, Boris Johnson, one haircut. Nice. I like that. All right. BTU is... The amount of heat required. Oh, put it down. We, are we going again? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is A, one kilogram of water by one degree Celsius. B, one pound of water by one degree Fahrenheit. C, one liter of water by one degree Celsius. Or obviously D, Boris Johnson is raised by one haircut. We have A, C, C, B, C. The answer is B. You would think it was the other ones. Because it's a British thermal unit, it is one pound of water, one pound by one degree Fahrenheit, which doesn't make sense. So the BTU, yeah, mark mark also how many you have because it's too many for me to mark. Um, The BTU metric system counterpart. So the counterpart to the BTU is called what? A, a joule. B, a calorie. C, a ton. D, a therm. So again, that's A, a joule, B, a calorie, C, a ton, or D, therm. Show them. D, B, B, A, D. It is B. It's a calorie. So that is defined as the amount required for one gram of water, one degree Celsius. Yes, question. question. <laughs> no, but will they ask something like that? Probably. Maybe. Yep. The better question was, will this help me be a practicing architect? Yeah. Probably not. But you got to pass those tests. Got to pass them. Number three, what is the device called that is located at the bottom of an elevator hoistway that is used to stop a cab's overtravel at low speed, not to stop a free falling cab called A, car bumper, B, cab bumper, C, stoppy boy. Three cab break. Any any repeating? We got it. We're good. Okay, Cabby boy, I'm just gonna give it away All and right, say let's it's, start over it's here. Cabby boy. B B B. Which one? B and D. The correct answer is B. Cab oh, yeah. bumper. Okay, number four. What is the movement of water to the surface of freshly cast concrete called? A. Hydration. B. Evaporation. C. Bleeding. D. Permeation. 
A, hydration. B, evaporation. C, bleeding. D, permeation. We got D, D, A, D, and C. The correct answer is C. Ooh. I made up permeation, which was D. Nice. So <laughs> who had the most? You had one? Two. Two? Two? Two. Okay. So we will be back with a tiebreaker. Okay, what's the rules? So the rules are, Lance is going to say a question. The first one to hold it up that is correct will be right. So let's say Sam writes something down, but he's wrong. The other two have a chance to go, and then you can come back with the second answer it, uh, after their two answers. So hit it. By number of minutes, what is the minimum minutes that you should be specifying a door, a fire-rated door in a two-hour wall? Mark first. 45, then 90, then Jason wins. Jason wins. There we go. All right. If you enjoyed that, you're going to enjoy Revit Rocket Ship because you're going to learn Revit if you haven't. If you're learning, if you know AutoCAD and not Revit, how dare you? Shame on you. Go check it out. It's money back guaranteed. It's taught by yours truly. A lot of people like it, like a lot, a lot of people like it. So if you don't like it, it's probably on you. Just kidding. Money back guarantee. So check it out. See if it's for you. Uh, we, I, the last time I asked for this, we had 72 five-star ratings on iTunes, and now we, now we have 73, but I was hoping we would have 75 by 2020. Yeah, so, so you he, don't owe me your Christmas presents. You don't owe Alex your Christmas presents. However, you do, uh, you do owe me two five-star reviews because yeah. it's 2020. So please go to, go to the iTunes app, scroll down, leave us a five-star review, and we thank you. 